Hi, welcome to today's episode of Speak Greasy at Max Street Kitchen. Our guest today is a firm favorite of MasterChef Australia and has delighted her Indian fans with many restaurants in Bombay and Goa. She's back in India to launch what's no doubt going to be a hot commodity. I'm super excited because I have an old friend here. You know, we've met on and off for, I don't know what, like seven, eight years now. And it's so great to have you here, Sarah. Uh, welcome to Max Street Kitchen. I think it was six years ago. Yeah. But, uh, not in Goa, not in Australia, not in Bombay. But we <laughs> hung out in Chennai of all places. Um, and went on this crazy city tour and ate our way through the city uh, oh, good. In, uh, back in Jan 2017. And I think that's when we like really yeah. out a uh, um, bit crazy. And, I know. Um, but it's so great to have you here today and welcome back to Mumbai. Thank you. <laughs> it feels like it's like coming home. I'm like, yeah. sorry. Like, <laughs> it's so, such a good feeling. And, and I think for me, it's like India feels like home and I think when we had that trip and like you know such good memories and experiences and like to think that I've known you for six years and like you know spend good quality time here in India feels like I don't know it's a strange feeling because then you know COVID hit I was in Australia for a couple of years and then now coming back it's like everything feels so good to be back yeah I can't stay away but <laughs> it was weird because you know I was forced to stay in Australia where I hadn't, I hadn't been, I think, a month without being to India. Eight years I was coming back to India. So I was back and forth every month. So that was just my normal routine. So in the beginning I had withdrawals. I was like, dude, like, I can't handle this. It's so quiet. And then I got used to that, like, being back in Australia. So now coming back, I'm like, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. It's yeah. Just no, so it's great, um, you know, to have that where you just pick up where you left off. And, um, and I think that's the fun bit about the F&B fraternity, but um, I'm going to actually dial it back a little bit because, uh, you know, you started life as a, uh, you know, with a modeling career and then you ended up at MasterChef Australia. Please tell me how that happened. I mean, I thought my pivot from accounting and tax to restauranting was weird enough. But, I wish uh, it was a from accounting. That would help me out a little bit in the business world. But honestly, like it is a bit of an oxymoron, but I think I was really lucky, you know, I'm from a small town of 2,000 people in Australia, which I'm sure, like, it's probably That's this building. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, like, I wasn't exposed to a lot of, um, you know, different cultures or foods or cuisines and, and you know, I was kind of discovered at a young age around um, 17, 18 years old and that kind of took me around the world and I got to, you know, my first country I went to was Germany and in Hamburg, so it's, you know, nobody speaks English. So for me, I was kind of really quickly exposed to a really strong culture and had to kind of get used to, you know, um, figuring things out at, at a really young age. So I, I still remember this one dish where I honestly have no idea the name of the dish, but they made this warm cucumber and dill soup. And I was just like, warm cucumber and dill. Like, it just doesn't make sense in your mind, yeah. but the the nostalgia with that dish and the taste of it, it was so beautiful. And it was just something that I'd never had before. And it just really, you know, weren't able to communicate in English, but it's like this dish connected us sitting around the table just made me realize how powerful food is. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where kind of the passion started to, to come into play. And oh, were you just like, you know, did you just cook a lot at home and, you know, sort of how did it, like, how did you make that, that sort of plunge into you know, entering a professional sort of competition. You know? Yeah. So, well, my mom 
is a single mom, three children, but every night she would cook dinner for us. We'd sit around the table at 6.30 p.m. without fail. And we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My mom, you know, worked really hard to give us what we had. But the one thing she used to do was every Christmas or special occasion, she would like for Christmas, she'd bake jars of cookies for every single family member. So we would spend days like doing it. We have a big family, by the way. And then, you know, birthdays and, and different parties, she'd always make a pavlova and all these, you know, desserts. So in everybody loved it. It was mm. honestly like it shows that it's not about money. It's about that um, thought behind the gift. And there was one year she didn't give the cookies and everyone was like, that's our favorite gift. Like, what are you doing? You know, so you can spend all this money, but it's that connection to food. So I grew up making this with my mom. And when I started cooking, I was obsessed with, you know, baking and sweets and, and uh, that side of cooking. And it wasn't really until my son was born and being exposed to the Punjabi kind of culture. And like, I just, you know, that art of like throwing things into a pot and, you know, going from learning pastry and sweets where it's like very technical to jumping into like, who knows how much of what you live and got this thing. <laughs> a yeah. feeling of love and all of that. And when I started cooking kind of, you know, Indian uh, dishes, like you had to experiment, you had to play around with, you know, what you're putting into the dish. So I started to get a real passion for it. So then, you know, still working while I was, you know, pregnant. And when I had my son, I was cooking three course meals, like every day, totally obsessed. And we ended up moving to London for modeling again mm -hmm. for my work. And we lived with my son's uh, family. Mm -hmm. And I decided one day I was just like, modeling's just not fulfilling me anymore. You know, I got to an age where my son was born. I just felt like I wanted to be doing something that I was proud of, mm -hmm. that I was inspired by. And if I'm leaving him to work, which I had to, I wanted to be purely the soul. Yeah. So there was one day I was like, okay, I'm giving myself one year. I'm going to stop modeling for one year, go to Le Cordon Bleu. And I started studying there. I, you know, was like topping my class. I was totally obsessed. And I'd been bringing home these, you know, beautiful <laughs> dishes. And then it'd be the fight, like the Indian, you know, gima or alu gobi to get to the table. This like bouillabaisse, <laughs> like, and it's just like, everyone took the Indian food. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm studying all year for this. And, um, and I guess it's just like, that's when like my true passion, and I'm sure, you know, like through what, you know, you've had all your kind of ups and, you know, changes through your career that you start to learn what your passion is yeah. specifically. Like you can take influences from different things that you experience, but it's that moment when you start to really realize your own cooking style that I think it really, the passion really kind of comes alive. And um, I just remember being really cold in London one time and I completely get that. <laughs> I, I empathize completely. <laughs> and I was like, if I get into MasterChef, can we go back to Australia? <laughs> but then it was like, oh, it's like so unlike you just said that. I'm guessing, and then it happened. And, and then I got in and I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm going back to Australia. Going back in. And so, yeah, we did the move. And it's amazing. And I, I had no idea that MasterChef Australia was so big in India. I didn't know it aired in India. So, you know, I have to tell you something. I mean, we're sitting in um, Mac Street Kitchen today and um, it was around the same time that we started conceptualizing this, which was 2014. And a big part of what inspired the design of this space was MasterChef oh, Australia. Where I just got goosebumps. It was a time when people were like genuinely addicted to the show yeah. and people, um, you know, 
were starting to like cook uh, and try things and experiment and we're just getting like you know the the food shows were just becoming like a really big thing and um and you know we just felt like okay if we're going to create a space like do one where people can actually you know since there is this growing interest in cooking and hands-on cooking professional cooking like create a space where people can come and do that because you know like yeah. whatever eight nine years ago Bombay didn't really have that kind of a, a setup and um but it was really very much driven by MasterChef Australia like you know it wasn't even India because that I think came a lot later but that show and I think even till date I think holds the sort of um you know benchmark for, for all the MasterChef um you know shows around the world but that really like catapulted you um into the F&B world I think you know truly and uh you know, professionally, um, yeah. you know, after that, I remember going back to that Chennai trip for a second. <laughs> I remember like we were walking around in temple trying to be all pious and then you got like attacked by <laughs> by uh, a lot of elderly people. <laughs> I remember we were just like, oh my God, it's, and I was like, they watch MasterChef, that's amazing. It's like crazy the following that show has. So, oh, it um, is, it's huge. Well and it, it's really, I think it's great because it's a really um, inspirational yeah, show, um, you know. I think there's so many reality TV shows out there, and this is the show that you want your kids to be watching to get inspiration. And and I still remember on my first trip, you know, before our Chennai trip. But you know, your uh, what you created here was one of the first places that I was told to come and visit, and that's how yeah. you know we met yeah. in the early days. And it's just um, you know, to you for you to think of such an incredible concept and take the risk because it's not. There was nothing like that here at that time. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to be a person that is kind of making, um, you know, making changes in a culture that's very rich and and old and and um, you know, amazing. So I you know think, I think we both have that that crazy uh, gene or streak in us, clearly, <laughs> to to do those things that you it's don't true. expect. And it's um, true. but yeah, and, and you know, it's amazing. So after that, you kind of um, you know started. Spending more time in India, yeah, and uh, you know, you ventured into opening a restaurant in Goa and then in Mumbai. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, in terms of obviously, you know, you talked about how you moved from like baking and pastry to cuisine, and um, and then you know, opening restaurants. I mean, that's pretty scary. <laughs> opening a restaurant, I think. I mean, I I still get sort of jitters doing it um, yeah. after all these years. You know, and you were coming from a completely different culture um, from a food perspective. Let's start with that. You know, what was that process like? Like, What did you bring from Australia to India? So in the early days, it was um, it was it was pretty challenging in terms of the food because I hadn't spent enough time traveling around India. So I created a menu when I was in Australia and I was young, you know, I was like 25, 26 something years old and I hadn't had a lot of experience. I'd worked in restaurants, I, you know, I had managed restaurants, but I'd never like developed yeah. menus. So when I created my venue, I spent a lot of time researching and, and trialing in Australia and I landed in Goa and I was just like, this is not going to work. It's just not going to work because it's so much about, um, you know, appreciating the, the land that is around you. It's understanding what produce is amazing. It's understanding the palate. And, you know, there's all this, these comments about, Australianizing or Indianizing or you know to the palate that you are but it's it's actually quite important because like my palate has actually changed because I do eat a lot of spices and flavorful food so I go to some restaurants and I'm like I actually can't eat this like it's your palate does um you know it is influenced by what you eat and what you grow up eating so in the early days it was a lot of trial and error and, and when I had that menu I 
completely tore it up. Like I started again. So I spent a month kind of traveling around Goa, you know, trialing, you know, tasting all the local cuisine, yeah. cooking with the locals. And then I started to bring that influence into my cooking. And then, you know, it was a journey for me to get to a place of what is my style then? Because, yeah. you know, I love these flavors, but when you're young at your craft, you, um, it takes time to have the confidence, like you said, to put yourself out there. And I think the dishes where I experimented the most, which ended up being the most popular, were the ones that are like, like I almost cry taking it to the table because it's you, yeah, right? Like it's you on a You're plate. You're putting yourself yeah. out there. It's, it is pretty scary. It I mean, scary. I'm not a chef and I can't cook. I have like no desire to cook. But, you know, I've worked with a lot of chefs and a lot of sort of, you know, foreign chefs who've um, been part of our team. And the biggest sort of challenge for us is, um, you know, firstly, uh, getting them to understand the Indian palate. I mean, yes. working with the ingredients is something that, you know, everyone has to do um, with what's locally available. But uh, just understanding and it's such yes. an integral part of, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just come and say, well, this is me and I'm no, going to kind of put work. this, you know, take it or leave it. I think it's yeah. something where you have to appreciate, um, you know, what the, the local flavors are, yes. and nuances are, and then, you know, still manage to bring some part of your identity to it and it's easier said than done I mean and it is pretty scary I mean I, I've worked enough with chefs to know that putting yourself out there um, is and and you know people can be brutal with, <laughs> with feedback as we all know and it's it is it is something that is very personal yes it is and I've always been a very shy person which is weird because you know all the stuff that I do these days but growing up I've always been very shy so for me to do that it was a lot to get myself out there but then you know, as you start to cook for more and more people and as more and more people come and dine and you get their yeah. feedback. And I honestly, I don't ask for feedback. I watch. No. I look at the plate. What is left on the plate? What, uh, you know, their reactions on their face. And I think, you know, people won't necessarily tell you exactly how they feel because they might e not even exactly know, right? Like how to articulate what they don't like about the dish. Yeah. So then you start to, you know, understand that side of it. And I think now to to... Like today, I really do understand the Indian palate and it's something that I've, um, through trial and error and, you know, 10 years working in India and a lot of pop-ups and different things as well. And I, whenever talking with chefs, it's like, look, it's fine. I've got this, like, you know, the, the chat where it's like yeah. an international chef coming in. Yeah, they're like, me, let me introduce you to, <laughs> like, yeah, I've got yeah, this, yeah, it's okay, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> um, what did you take back from India this time to Are you cooking one? there? Uh, so Australian Open was the first dinner that I did back in Australia. So it was their chef series. It's like, you know, Angela Hartnett and all these top chefs globally have done it in Australia. So getting that opportunity, I was blown away. And I just, you know, because my cooking style is unique now, like I mostly use French techniques, Indian flavors coming into my dishes. And uh, this was the first dinner. So I was again nervous to do this. And like I had one lady stand up like with like tears and eyes like hug me and be like your mum must be so proud <laughs> and I'm like oh she is but like I don't know I just like it just gave me this certain sort of ease and now my cooking style doesn't change where I am because right. now there's flavor and there's the, enough like you know um of my own kind of style coming through that the dishes are the same like the dishes I did for the Australian Open I do the same style now when I do pop-ups here and everyone's loving the flavor amazing so you've created an like yeah. your identity you know using a confluence of both exactly uh, you know yeah. styles cultures all of that and so. I think that's kind of the direction that we're going like yeah. now everywhere's so multicultural like Australia uh, Melbourne in particular has the biggest um Indian community per capita outside of India in the world 
So we have, you know, Indian influences, Chinese influence, Vietnamese, yeah. you know, South American, but a big Indian population. And like it all is coming together now. So we get a little bit of everything. And, and so it's it's not like, the, you know, it's not flavors that people are unfamiliar with. Yeah. Which is, which sure, is great. People are starting to love bolder flavors yeah. now. And, you know, you see an Australian menu and it's like one's got an Indian influence, one's got mm-hmm. Vietnamese, one's got South American. And it's like that is Australian now. Yeah. So I think we're lucky in terms of Australia to have all of these influences coming together and people doing really great things from all over the world. I think it's getting closer in terms of just because of the cross-pollination of yeah. people, of like now food, exactly. you know, culture, like, you know, this is truly globalization, right? Yeah. And we're seeing it from the perspective, from the lens of food. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, I think it's happening in India as well. Absolutely. Like, you know, the idea of a globally inspired menu or a cuisine agnostic menu because yeah. it's taking inspiration from everywhere is, is actually what's, what most restaurants are leaning towards because it gives yeah. you freedom to really do your own child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that India is just growing in such an extremely fast pace. Like even just these couple of years of me being away, I'm like, oh, wow. Like the amount that's coming, like homegrown brands, right? Yes. From everything, from like chocolate to cheese yes. to like spirits to, you know, everything that um, you're not having to like look uh, abroad and you know you you feel like you've got something that is is truly um indian that is something to be proud of and that's yeah. happening and i i think um i'm definitely seeing that change yeah and high myself. quality and i yeah. think being proud of using homegrown ingredients exactly. where it was like kind of before exciting to use international yeah. ingredients it's like come back to home and be proud of that and you know, it's. I think it's a really good time in, in India at the moment to yeah. embrace all of that. I mean, speaking of ingredients, uh, so I went on my maiden trip to Australia, you know, about six months ago. And uh, I, I mean, I was blown away, you know, just really came back feeling, you know, amazed and uh, very inspired by, you know, what's happening there. And You know, there's, there's always been that connection, yeah. I think, through you know, MasterChef, cricket and all of these like, yeah. you know, quite significant connections that it's just following through. And I think it's nice, like, I think it's a nice marriage between the two countries. And I think both looking towards each other to build it a little bit further. And 100%. I think it's, yeah, it's a good time for sure. You know, um, just going back to sort of you creating restaurants here, um, I get asked this a lot uh, as a sort of, you know, woman restauranter. And I hate using that term <laughs> because I'm like, that is what I am. <laughs> I don't know otherwise. Um, yeah. But, you know, did you feel at any point that it, sort of added to your challenge in um you know what was already something new for you to do like just in terms of being a foreigner and then also a woman it never put me off I, I'm a person that likes a challenge so for me it's like it gives me a little bit of extra fire it was definitely there I mean it's you can tell it in a lot of situations I still see it to today and happening you know everywhere around around you know whether it be in Australia or in India it still does happen I think I faced it a lot of times, like going from being a model into being, you know, a chef. Like it's a big transition, whether you're a female or a wop. In my early days, be it in in MasterChef, I was out to prove myself. Mm -hmm. I was, I didn't want to do, you know, I didn't do any television show until after I, you know, had started working on the restaurant. Like I wanted to prove myself first and that was my job. And I think whatever your craft is you need to be at the top of your craft and you need to put in the hours and the work and that takes time and I was dedicated to doing that and yeah I think there were challenges along the way but I think no harder than the ones that I was already facing in in different aspects of you know life and and 
happens in all industries. It's not just a, a, as a chef or, you know, as a restaurateur. But yeah, I think it's more about putting in the hard work and you yeah. have to. I think a lot of people think that, especially coming out of like a show like MasterChef, that things kind of get handed on a silver platter. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that in any industry. Opening a restaurant is hard work. And if you're a female or a male, it's all the same. Like it's, it's very difficult. And there's so much that goes behind the scenes that I think people don't really see. And I think I was lucky that my restaurant in India uh, show happened yeah. because you saw it. You saw me building the restaurant. That really was, enough. You've gone exactly. Made that. Yeah. Yes. So that was kind of almost a bit of a turning point, I think, in the way that people saw me because... They saw that it was me doing it and, you know, you know, obviously with the team and people around me and a lot of help along the way, but I was in there getting dirty, doing, you know, uh, being involved in everything. And I think that's important for success is to understand all aspects. And um, yeah, I language barrier, like I feel really lucky that, you know, this is not my culture or country or language that I was accepted and um, able to work here because ultimately I should be the one learning Hindi, not the other way around, which I've been trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well you've got another feather in your in your hat now with uh this amazing range of sauces yes. uh listen i have the spice threshold of a baby so uh i'm not this one here yeah. for you oh, really? is, is that the, the baby level is that the one with the eggs like all the way into the <laughs> it is um it is but yeah hot toddy um yeah. a very cool name clearly um you know an ode to your time in goa yes uh, or at least that's yeah. what i thought so many yeah. lives to it yeah. like the toddy um you know the drink it's the you know my last name as well and spice as well oh, yeah. Oh my god! Oh, so, okay, I'm so thick. It's the heat. Okay. <laughs> Put it, it down. Study as well, and yeah. that's the thing. I'm Goa. Like I, I oh actually, god, I did not when that. I did that it. I can't believe I just said Goa. That's just like yeah, the last thing. I climbed the yeah. coconut trees and like got this sap from the you know the coconut trees and made toddy vinegar wow. and maybe that's when the name came up <laughs> <laughs> but listen so, tell us more like how did this happen is this uh, a covid baby or it is it is yeah so i was actually it was um like i've always loved chilies like i've been the, i'm that person that when i'm eating my dinner i'll have a raw indian green chili on the side bite <laughs> seeds and all and i'm obsessed but what i found with india is that not all chilies are the same. So you have the cashmere chili, it's that more mild kind of heat, but it's all about the flavor and then all the way up to the butt jalokia um, in the ghost as well. Um, but it was a really funny story actually. So I was middle of COVID, well, start of COVID, George Columbaris rings me up and he was like, Sarah, I need cashmere chili, like a base, like a sauce for my curry that I'm making. He's like, where can I buy it? And I was like, I can make it. I have everything in my pantry right now. Like we're full, full lockdowns. So I made it up for him, sent it across in like a delivery to his house. And then he's gone on Instagram and he's doing this like cooking demonstration. And he's like, look, I've got this sauce. You know, my good friend Sarah Todd make, made it. You can go and message. I have no idea what's in it. Go message her and ask her for the recipe. And I didn't watch it. I didn't see this. And I get all these tons and tons of messages on my Instagram going, where can I buy the sauce? Where can I buy it? And I was like, what is going on? Like, it's, it's crazy. My brother is a massive foodie into, you know, wants to move into this space as well. And I was like, you know, he's like, I want to do something. I was like, I have this idea. Oh and it God. just kind of started and like crazy. It took two and a half years. Yeah. Like we, you know, first of all, the flavors, like I think it's really important to, um, for me, I really wanted to make sure that the chili flavor is coming through. And you know, with these chilies, like the butt jalokia and things like that, 
it's hard to bring any other flavor in because mm. they're so hot. So it's finding that balance with all the sauces and the taglines kind of taste the world one chili at a time. So we've got an Aussie inspired one with the burnt eye mango and then a Thai and, you know, want to kind of keep exploring the different chilies and that side of it. But like you, you know, being a bit of a perfectionist as well, like wanted to make sure that they're sauces that can sit pride in place on your table. So it's, you know, the bottles, we wanted to make sure we had a really beautiful, like, shape bottle that, you know, if you have... Yeah, it's it very have. unusual, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, so we got it in Italian glass maker, and it's that whole, like, process of, like, everyone we call, no, we can't do that, no, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care, I'm making this happen. I'm like, we're not making this if it's just, you know, like... Second um, best. Second best, yeah. it can't be. We want it to be, like, standing out, looking beautiful, and I think the last few years, people want quality now. They don't want just something that's you know, not quite there. They will take the time to spend, you know, a little bit more time finding quality products and something that's a bit more premium. Like they're all natural, they're vegan, gluten-free, um, you know, no colors or artificial flavors. And I think, you know, we, we all want to focus on health, but we want to eat good food. Where and when can people get that? Yeah. So they're available at India now, online at the moment, but through the next like six, 12 months, they'll be available in all the different stores and sort of start rolling out over the next little while. And my website as well, um, saratod.com.au. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's all available now in India. So it's shipped from India, which is really um, something that I... I wanted to happen and you know when I was creating the range I definitely had um, my Indian family in mind when I was creating it as well. But listen, <laughs> congratulations this is fantastic and um, you know I think uh, I'm sure it's going to be a huge hit in India Thank because you. Indians do love their uh, um, <laughs> condiments. Yes they, they love their condiments but they love their spice as yeah. well so uh, that's amazing and um, uh, do you actually have time for anything more? <laughs> are you are you still sort of in there more on the horizon or? Well, I mean, I think, it, you know, during that kind of break where the restaurants shut, you know, during COVID and had that time to kind of rethink about what I was doing, like the burning, burning passion of my next restaurant just kind of... <laughs> I was like... And I was like, boss, I know you. You gotta, you gotta oh. get out of jail, card, and you're, you're like, no, I want to go right back in. I know it's like there's something about the industry. It's like it's so damn addictive. Yeah. So I just miss it. You know, it's interactive. That's people. exciting. So is so, it going to be in Australia or in India? Can you see. tell us? <laughs> no, yeah. That is um, yeah, it's something that yeah, proactively I'm um working wow. on now. So it's yeah, it's definitely. But, you know, getting this baby off the ground and all of that. But it's, I don't know. I just miss it. The well, we uh, are going to stay tuned for that one. Um, hopefully, we'll hear more about that very soon. Yeah. And, uh, but listen, good luck and all the very best with like all these cool things you're doing and whatever's Thank coming you. up for you as well. And, no. um, and, and hopefully see you a lot more in India. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots more street food tours coming up. Well, in random cities yeah <laughs> we look forward to that and uh yes thank you again so yeah awesome. thank you <laughs>